Good morning, everyone. I am your host, Chris Cottrell, with more than 10 years of NCAA Division I and Division II men's basketball coaching experience, and this is the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. If you've ever wondered what it's like to navigate the number one men's basketball team in the country through a 10-day postponement in the middle of a global pandemic, we've got you covered. Today, I sit down and I speak with Colorado School of the Mines head men's basketball coach, Pryor Ozer, on the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. This is the only podcast with exclusive weekly coverage of NCAA Division II men's basketball. If you're enjoying the Bonafide Basketball Podcast, the news, the scores, the analysis, the insight, be sure to like, subscribe, and download the Bonafide Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Anchor Podcast. Settle in as I speak with Coach Ozer today. We discuss Colorado School of the Mines basketball, their current postponement, what it's like to coach players at such a high academic institution, such as Brendan Sullivan, and also their culture. Welcome in, everyone, to the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. Today's guest, head coach Pryor Ozer from the men's basketball program at Colorado School of the Mines, currently number one in the country. Coach, your time is valuable. It's been a crazy season, especially as we're talking off air. So first and foremost, I want to thank you, you know, for, for taking the time uh, to be here today out of your busy schedule. I, I really appreciate it, and I'm excited to speak with you. You bet. Happy to be here. Thank you. So, so let's roll into this right away. Uh, first question is kind of the barometer for our interview. You're, you're 8-0 as of today. We're recording this uh, on, on Wednesday night. Uh, you're 8-0 overall. You're 7-0 in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, currently number one in the country. What is the state of Colorado School of the Mines men's basketball program as of tonight? Where are you guys at? Well, as of tonight, we just got back to practicing five-on-five five because we've had several members of our team in quarantine over the last two weeks. And we just had a great time tonight because we haven't really practiced as a team since around December 31st. On the 1st, we went a little bit of five-on-five, five, and then we went and played some games. And, you know, obviously we, we, we played against a team who – had some problems with their testing and one of their players tested. And then we had to, you know, anyone who was around that player, we had to quarantine all the, we had to quarantine eight. And so they retested their team. Our opponent did after we had played them one more tested positive. So then we had to throw three more into quarantine. So that was 11, but we had three guys that were still in their 90 day window from being infected three months prior to that. And so, but then our guy that guarded the person the most ended up contracting it. So he's been out for an extended period of time. And then all his roommates uh, were thrown into quarantine. So we've had to cancel now four games. And But we just got back. You know, we were allowed to go on the seven-day quarantine. So we're back. We had a good practice and a very enthusiastic practice tonight. And, you know, when, when, you, when you are away from the game and we were away from it so long and then you're able to practice. It's just, it's very uplifting and you, you know, you're doing the things you love and our players were doing the things they love tonight. And obviously we got it. We have to get back. You know, we, we look like a team and you know, mid October today, but I think with 
practice, we'll 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 get things back. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you guys are back in practice. How has the campus been handling coronavirus? Things a little bit different out west than they are for me up here in New York. How has coronavirus impacted the campus and, and events? Um, how has Colorado School of Mines handled, you know, uh, the, the coronavirus itself? Well, honestly, I think the state of Colorado has handled the coronavirus unbelievably well. We've got an exceptional governor and our, our president falls along those lines. I mean, everybody's on a cat, um, you know, in a mask on campus. We have testing. We test our student athletes once or twice a week, sometimes three times a week. You know, we have testing for all our students. Uh, they can test anytime they want. Our families can test right on campus. They get it back. Sometimes we've had some glitches in our testing, but for the most part, we get our, we get our results back within 24 to 48 hours. So it's just, I think our response on our campus has been, has, has been unbelievable. And, you know, we just want to be safety. Safety's always first. Um, but we, you know, we've had our infection problems and we still do here and there, and we've had it on our team and, you know, where, where kids haven't been as diligent as they should be, you know, with wearing those masks. So, you know, the challenging part is, is, is in any conference, because we're, we're in the state of Colorado, very strict and our positivity rate has been relatively good, even, even with our upticks in the COVID. But however, we play against schools in other states where the positivity rate has just been out of the, you know, has been crazy. And then like when you go to those states, well, there's not a lot of people wearing masks. You go in the store, not a lot of people wearing masks. You come to Colorado where I live and we're in Golden, everyone's in a mask everywhere. No one's not wearing masks. And so those are the challenges that we face is, you know, we're trying to do things right. We're trying to be safe, you know, have safety first and, and our president, and we still don't need to do a better job with, with, with our players, particularly sometimes in practice. And, but it's, it's, I think it's been great. We were, we were mass in practice. We've been practicing with mass since the, the day we've shown up. And even though we haven't been able to go five on five, you know, the first day we were able to go five on five was in October, late October, but we're still wearing masks. We still wear masks today in practice, all the staff, everyone wears masks. So we're getting, it's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to hear. I mean, I was talking with a coach in your region, you know, kind of off uh, off the record. And he just said, he said, Chris, like the hardest part is our travel. You know, he said we travel between states and, you know, we're, we're you know, we can't let guys, you know, eat in a restaurant. We're having to eat on the bus. Like things are just different because because the priority is safety. Right. The priority is safety. And you're competing at the level that some of the schools are in division two, like yourselves and, you know, the Lincoln memorials of the world, you know, safety is a huge priority. And so is your season. You know, you want it, you don't want to be the one or no one wants to be the one who disrupts your season, especially uh, when you've had such a, such a remarkable start, like, like uh, your program has and how, so speak to like right now, you're still in a little bit of a pause with some games being postponed when like this is a really tough part of the year, mid January into into like February. It's kind of the dog days of a basketball season. How challenging it are you finding it right now to handle, you know, like this pause, the virus, uh, postponing a really big game that you had scheduled for Friday night, 
you know, what, are, how disappointed were your players? Like speak to kind of the challenge, you know, within, within a difficult time in the season already. Yes. I mean, it is. And it's, and this is the way it's been throughout. I mean, you don't know that you're going to even play a game and every week there's something new, a new rule changing. Oh, I didn't know about this rule. When did this rule, you know, get instituted on this campus? You know, who was supposed, no one communicated. I mean, this stuff is going on all the time. And even, even my boss, my great AD, David Hansberg, he's like, well, what, what's this? I mean, so it's, and it's, you know, things are changing and evolving all the time. And you have to be fluid. You have to be positive, And you have to prepare your players for this. And we've done that. We're always talking to our players. The plan is this, but be ready for change. The plan is this. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. I say it all the time in a normal year. And it's really, you know, it's, it's really evident this year. You just, you just got to, you know, take the opportunity as, as it's given to us. And, and that's, and that's what we've done. I mean, it is really challenging. I mean, just like today, we were going around and around, you know, we're trying to get our, our quarantine guys there. We had them sitting out in the lobby and, and then all of a sudden they rushed into the gym and everybody's hooting and hollering, you know, but, but up until that, I mean, we've had almost two weeks of like, are we going to be able to play? Are we going to be able to practice canceling games? You know what? That's all we can do is show up. The guys that are in practice, you have to really work hard. Keep your focus. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. That's how you have to deal with it. And, and that's what we've done. Yeah. Are, are you noticing, because this time of a season, you know, you're in, again, end of January, early February, it's like the dog days. There's not really that light at the end of the tunnel yet for, for conference tournament play. And a lot of coaches talk about, you know, that balance, like, like balancing the workload, you know, practice time, uh, you know, minutes and, and really worrying about the players physically. Are you feel, do you feel as though you're worrying more about their mental health going through all this? Like, is there a little bit of a different thought process now, as opposed to, you know, like going shorter in practice and worrying about bodies being fresh now it's more about like keeping their mindset positive and their mindset in a good place. Well, that's something we do at Mines anyways, because Mines is such a rigorous school. I mean, it is extraordinarily rigorous. And so the, this idea of grinding, you know, I mean, I was, I was division one assistant. I've been division two. I mean, there's more, there's more coaches that grind their players out because they call it the dog days because they ground on them all fall pre-season practices, this and that. Well, that's something that we manage here at Mines. And our mental health concerns were, A, COVID, are we going to have a season? Are we playing five-on-five? Are we practicing? Are we practicing with a purpose? That's where. Are they, are they staying positive, you know, with, with all the COVID concerns? That's, that's, where, that's where the mental health concerns for us. Now, keeping them fresh, not grinding them out, we always do it. This is the time of year where our, my basketball program has always – you know, taking a, a, an uptick. I mean, we get our we get our flow, we get our rhythm, we get our legs. We don't grind them out. We take Mondays off. We practice hard Tuesday, Wednesday, not long, and then you know that that's and then our Thursdays is our prep pregame film. Not a lot of film, but it's it's something where we get into a rhythm and knowingly what we do. The challenge is because I coach highly intellectual engineers when they know what they can do from week to week. You know, the same kind of practice on Tuesday, Wednesday. If they have an expectation of what they're doing, they're way better off and they'll perform way better. The challenge is we haven't been able to keep a schedule. And that's where the mental health issues right. arise. And it's, and it's our job as coaches to, to try to give them a plan as best we can. 
and that's you know hopefully we can get hopefully we can get our uptick going again and our rhythm and our enthusiasm like we have the past bunch of years here at mines and and uh, hopefully we can stay covid free our opponents can stay covid free you know where we can play some games yeah and i'm glad i'm so glad you mentioned coach uh your experience and i had experience as a division one assistant uh you're now in your 20th season at colorado school of mines so personally for you uh coaches we are creatures of habit we are perfectionists we are regimented someone with your experience going through this season what have you learned about yourself and and your maybe you personally what have you felt going through this year well i think i you know i always do a self-evaluation every year about what could i do better what could i do should i should i have done this what you know then we get into the x and o's of of, of what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish. Did I work them hard enough? Did I not work them hard enough? You know, but then you have to look at your own self too. And I think, I think the one thing with this is that you just have to have patience and, and you got to, and you have to be super positive about your situation. And, you know, one of the things that I always try to do is you have to judge yourself before you even judge your team. But one of the things that I've really tried to do like this year, because it's, it's the endorphin thing is exercising working out, eating healthy, all those sorts of things. And because with COVID, you know, you, ha- you and, and also just being very, very, you know, safety, safety is your, is your number one priority on a daily basis about trying not to get COVID. And I may have had COVID when we returned last year from, from Hawaii because I got really, really sick, but I haven't tested, you know, I haven't. So, I mean, it's, it's really, really important to me about staying healthy and, and staying in shape and keeping your weight down. And, you know, that's, that's where I'm at, where I think, you know, that I can balance coaching basketball, having a family, taking care of your kids, but also taking care of your players and also, but also taking care of yourself physically and mentally is very, very important in this, in, in times like this, because if you, you can overanalyze because you have a lot of time and you can get, you can, I think, for a lot of people, you can get depressed by overanalyzing. You can develop these anxieties, and then that leads to all other areas of your life. And that's what you have to really be careful of. Yeah, I love that. I love that answer. I mean, right now I'm going through. It's been challenging for me without coaching. I, you know, I'm not used. I'm not used to being home at three o'clock in the afternoon. And and I'm recently married, and I don't think my wife was ready for me to be home at three o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. uh, you, you know, so I think we're all kind of finding our way through this, and I, I think we feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. I know here in New York, we're starting to feel that way. We're hopeful, you know, for uh, some light at the end of the tunnel. And and one thing I loved when we started this conversation is you mentioned how much fun your team had when they came back into practice today to go five on five. What is what would be like one piece of normalcy that you could have back tomorrow? Like if you woke up tomorrow and there was just one piece of normalcy that you could be granted for you, your team, your program, like what would that be? Because I feel like it's that that piece of fun that we're just all kind of missing right now. The one thing without a doubt that I would take back is our ability for my players to come into my office is sit down and shoot the ball. That's awesome. Honestly, because we haven't had that. Yeah. I have to sit and chat with him in the, in the gym, 
but you're talking through your face mask. You know, you're losing a little air anyways. And you're trying to communicate with your eyes and not your mouth. And, you know, you don't realize how much you look at someone's mouth when, when you're, you're talking to them. But just to sit down and shoot the bull. You're trying to get your point across, trying to talk. But just to sit down and get to know someone, talk about their life. Because at mines, because the, it's so rigorous, a lot of our guys come in and, you know, they, 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 they want to talk about other things, too. Not just basketball. We have highly intellectual guys. They're very interesting. You can actually learn so much more from your players here than I did anywhere else because they're, they're, they have a lot more going on. And, you know, just, just that aspect of it, that's what, that's what we miss. I know my assistant does too. And uh, because not once have I had a player sit in my office in eight months, nine months. And tell- yeah, those relationships are so special. Yeah, it's so, those relationships- they're so special. Yeah. You're, you're right. It's the cultivation of those relationships that's 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 missing. And and you speak to those relationships. You're obviously right now number one in the country. You've been able to uh, to create some very meaningful relationships with your team, and I think that is a, a hallmark of some of the best programs that we see in Division Two, and especially you know, across the country right now, some of the best performing teams have guys who are returning. We talked about this a little bit off the air, but you have a, you have a veteran roster, you have guys back, you have guys that you have a relationship with. I think those relationships go a long way in, in consistent performance. Absolutely. It's, you know, that's part of our program and what we do, the relationship piece and the, the, the cult of the, the, you know, where, where we cultivate our relationship with our players and a lot of times where, you know, those players know the expectation, they know what to do. I mean, there's, I mean, I can go into practice and you may not hear, I, I may not say a word. Our players are doing it. They're, they're running the drills. They're doing it. They're talking. And that takes a lot, a lot of time. It's, you know, obviously we over-recruit at mines. We redshirt, we develop. That's, that's what we do. That's how you win here. And, you know, we, we try to do that as best we can. And then, we keep them here in the summers. They work camps. They develop and they develop our relationship. And it, it's just, you know, when the players are more comfortable around you as a coach, they're going to perform better. And when, and that and and I'm going to coach them a lot better than when when I when I know them and what makes them tick too. So, absolutely, yeah, absolutely right. And and as we're talking about your your, your program, how much success you've been able to build. You are in the midst of chasing your eighth straight NCAA tournament berth in, in a very unique season. What would it mean to you, you know, to bring your team this year to a national tournament, considering uh, the limited spots and the limited opportunities based on the NCAA ruling, you know, to, to, to move uh, the tournament down to 48 teams? How how special would that be for you this year? Well, I think it would be really special. And, you know, obviously when I came to Mines, I, I never – there was times when I came to Mines, I honestly didn't think we would ever go to an NCAA tournament. But, you know, we – the resources got better. Our facilities, we had – you know, we built a gym. We got – we have scholarships. Our alumni jumped in. And, you know, instead of, you know, having a guy, you know, get a $1,000 scholarship, we can actually, you know – we, we can actually offer a scholarship now. And so, you know, but I mean, they're all partial scholarships, obviously. But then obviously when, you know, looking back on everything, that's the expectation for us to go to the NCAA tournament. Now with COVID, you don't know where it's going to go. 
how are we how are we going to do it? There's only going to be six teams in each region, and I mean it's going to be really really difficult. And uh, but I you know I've always said with us returning that's our goal. Our goal our goal every year is to win the league, win the conference tournament, and go to the NCAA tournament. Now those you know how far you go in the NCAA tournament is going to it's it's going to be based on a lot of things, and athleticism and you know how's your, how's your chemistry, how 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 much are the your team involved in basketball because sometimes at mines because of the academics you know going through a year at our school because of the rigors of it mentally they're just worn down and so you know there's a whole lot more that goes into you know going to an NCAA tournament at our school than maybe others where it's where it's mainly about basketball so but I think if we could go to the tournament it would be great I think it would be um I mean, obviously, I, you know, our, our, our program is about ownership and accountability. And I think that our players have stepped up. They want to do it. They want to continue the tradition. I mean, we've been, I think, you know, this would be our eighth, but it would be our 11th overall since I've been at Mines, 11 and not in 20 years. So, I mean, it would, I think it would be an incredible feat for our team to do that based on all of the stuff that we've been through so far. Um, but, Again, that's a little way of ways away. We always say we take one game at a time. You take one game at a time. Let's win one game at a time, and then let's make adjustments. And that's that's kind of our 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 motto, anyways. And but this is you know we we want to get to the time of year, Chris, where it's one game. You know, you if you win one game, you get to play another game. That's our whole goal. And uh, you know, and and that way we don't overlook people. We respect all our opponents and uh, that's, that's, and you know, for, I don't even really talk about the NCAA tournament hardly ever. I do. I talk about it at the end of the year. I'll talk about it a little bit, but for the most part, we just talk about the next opponent. That's it. Yeah. We used to talk about it at Lincoln Memorial all the time. And I think, I think coach shirt still does. You, do you want to keep playing? Yeah. You know, the teams that want to keep playing, they want to keep getting better. They want to keep coming to practice and competing. If you want to keep playing, then you don't have to talk about the NCAA right. tournament because, because that's the end goal. The end goal is just to keep playing one game at a time. So I would agree wholeheartedly with that. And, and I want to point out to the listeners, first of all, like two things, your region is loaded. Right. With only with only two conferences, oh, yeah. the Lone Star Conference and the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. So your region is loaded with only two conferences. Right now, there are seven teams in those in those two leagues in the top twenty-five. Texas A&M uh, Kingsville got in this week to make seven teams in the top twenty-five out of uh, the South Central region. Like. How good is your region, Coach? Talk about that just off, kind of off script a little bit because it's really, really good. I mean, you know, you talk about West Texas and a great coach, and I mean, they they just they just been unbelievable. But there's other teams too. I mean, I I, I mean, I can't tell you how. I mean, I I'll tell you how good it is. When I left the University of Montana to take this job, I went to these regional. I looked at some of the teams in our league, and sometimes I was like we'd get beat 20 by there's like five teams just in our league four teams. I mean, would they have better talent? Than we had at university of Montana, they had better players at every position. There was like four teams. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, and then once, you know, once we started going to the regional and you're seeing some of those great teams, 
that we see in some of the great Metro teams that, that I've played against, people ask me, you know, people ask me all the time, it's like, well, you know, you know, division two, because it's really, it's not on TV. You know, they don't really know that much about it. And I always tell them, I was like, listen, I played against some Metro teams that had guys start for the Australian Olympic team. So don't tell me, you know, that, you know, because we're division two, that we don't, we don't have talent. We don't play against good teams. We play against great teams. You look at the West Texas team, some of the great Tarleton teams, I mean, it's, and, you know, Angelo, I mean, they have great athletes and great players down there too. So, and then, you know, here with some of the great teams that I've played against here, when Nebraska Kearney was in our league and some of the great teams that they had, Fort Hayes State, I mean, they, they're still good and a great coach. And some of the great teams at Fort Lewis, you know, they're just, they're just unbelievable teams. And I mean, A, there's, there's some talent there, but there's also great coaching guys that's been through the, the trenches that that have built their teams built their programs and they've learned how to coach the hard way and it's 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 really a great challenge and i i've really enjoyed the experience of coaching division two and against some of these great coaches that are here that have been longtime coaches so and i don't continue chris i mean you look at west texas what they've been and and some of the other teams, I've, whoever gets out of our region is going to have a great shot to win a national championship, as they do every year. Yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. The, the, the quality of play in the Lone Star Conference and uh, the RMAC is just it's, – it's so high level. And that's part of the reason I think this podcast needs to be done is – Everyone looks at, you know, the power five in division one. And if you don't play power five basketball at division one, you know, you're, you're, you're not a good player. And that's just, that's just false. I mean, there are so many great players and so many incredibly talented coaches at the division two level and all levels and all levels coach, but like division two, you know, doesn't get the credit. I think it deserves sometimes because it's caught in the middle of, you know, not big time scholarship basketball and it's not non-scholarship basketball. You know, we kind of, it kind of gets lost in the sauce and it's like, these guys are really good. I mean, go watch, go watch Quay Grant from West Texas A&M. I mean, go, go watch him for 15 minutes and tell me what you think. Yeah. Or my, or our Northwest Missouri guys. I mean, some of those guys, really great players and, you know, they're just, they're just overlooked. They fell through the cracks and, you know, I, I just, I just hope we can keep, these really good players and you know now with the transfer rules things like that and every once in a while we've had you know we've had players try to get recruited out of our school and it's it's really sad and you know we develop them and all that i i just i just hope that we can we can in in all schools too where where we don't have that trickle down effect of of all these transfers and everything and and universities or other basketball programs poaching our players and we're, I mean, there's a lot of coaches. We're really worried about that too, that all these guys are going to be poached away from division two. Yeah. I think that's a big concern at division two. I know that uh, coach Schertz and I have talked a lot about that. And even when I was still at Lincoln Memorial, we talked about re, you know, the most important recruits you have are your own team. Right. Sprint, Absolutely. You know, and that's where the relationships come Absolutely. into play. Absolutely. So let's, 
let, let's let's move to some of the incredible talent you have on your team. And you guys are, you know, eight and zero overall. I don't want to sell sell the number one team in the country short. So let's, you know, let let let's get to some of your guys because I I really enjoy watching your team play. I've gotten to see you live now a couple of times on on the network, and I also remember to cue you guys up on Synergy and and Brendan Sullivan. Like I'm looking at his numbers a couple of weeks ago on Synergy. He's the most efficient post player in the country, and he's like a wing. So you you move him around the floor. He's he's averaging 19 points per game, coach. He's 57 percent from the field. He's like the top one percent in in post ups, um, according to Synergy. And he's a six six, you know, uh, guard. He's a six six guard slash wing. Um, right. Talk about Brendan's game. Like I, I really, I really enjoy watching him. Compete. Well, I mean, if you if you sit there and you look at his game, because in in our system we post our guys. We like to post our guards. I I'm 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 a coach who, you know, the closer you shoot the basketball to the basket, the higher percentage you're going to make baskets. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a no brainer. And so I don't give up on the mid range. I don't I don't. Uh, you know, that's our system. So, you know, we post up, we do shoot threes, we pass the ball, we're a ball movement team. And, you know, our goals, our, our goal is to, you know, we, we, we've got all this stuff down. I've got really smart guys. We've done the stats for years. If we pass the ball three to five times, if we get the ball in the post, we're going to shoot a high percentage. We're going to have multiple guys in double figures. Um, and then doing all of that is we're going to get our best players the ball you know, with, within that system. And then, you know, we've got our special calls as well. So with Sully, he can shoot threes. He's an excellent three-point shooter. He's also a guy that can drive it. He can finish. You know, he's a, he's a very good finisher off the dribble. You know, he's long. You know, he can, he can really extend his body. He's a, he's a sneaky athlete. He can shoot off the dribble. He can go left, he can go right, and he can shoot the mid-range. We like the mid-range because those are reboundable basketballs for us. We like offensive rebounding. So we do, we do, we're not a program that gives up on mid-range. We're not a program that gives up on post-ups. We're not a program that gives up on throwing the ball in the post. And, you know, we cut off the post well, and our posts are willing passers. So, I mean, he's, he's just an excellent player. He's competitive as well, and basketball means a lot to him. And that's half the battle at the School of Mines, where basketball means a lot. Yeah, and you've got a point guard, you know, in Ben Boone that, that gets into the paint. He's, and he, like, yeah, Ben's two guard, and he's another okay. two guard. Kobe Betts, he's really a comma guard. We make him point. And, uh, but, but Ben is, but Ben's another big wing. He's a six, six, two guard, six, five, six, six, both of them. And they're, and they're really good position defenders. It's hard to score on them. And uh, and then you have Kobe Betts, who's a good athlete to one. It's a favorable matchup when their point guard has to guard him. He's a tr- he's a transfer from Air Force, and so he can get to the basket and he can finish and he can post up. He's an excellent post player, and he's a willing passer as well. So those guys blend in well with each other. Yeah, I like I like the balance you have. I think Betts is a really strong driver. He, like he gets to he gets to the rim and he can. A lot of guys score in bunches today, coach, by by making perimeter shots. Kobe Betts can can score in bunches, but like he he's all at the rim. He's a, he lives at the rim and puts pressure on it. I love and it. And that's that's our system too. We 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 really want him to get to the rack and and uh, you know when when he's getting to the when that ball is getting moved, 
And then after we have that, those, you know, with that initial ball movement, you know, we, we want those guys to be aggressive. And, and when we get that ball moving, he gets closeout situations where he can take advantage of it. And then we have different systems with our five out and we have some calls and stuff to ISO him and to, to help him. So, but he's, he's been awesome. You know, when he came from air force, it was a struggle. It didn't really work out for him there. But we've we've just tried to utilize his strengths and, and put some things in for him. And then we've asked him to be a willing passer and to buy into our ball movement. Don't let the ball stick because when the ball sticks, we're not good. Our shooting percentages go down. Our offensive rebounds go down. We end up shooting bad shots. Our opponents, you know, our opponents' points per possession goes up. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we just have to stick with that. You know, and we, we talk about it during the game. Sometimes all of a sudden in the game, those guys, all of a sudden the ball, the ball stops moving, you know, we'll start chucking it. We'll start turning it over and, and, and it's, it's bad for us, but when we move it and we share it and we have mid range, we have, you know, threes, we like to shoot around 15 to 20 threes, potentially. If we shoot more than 20 threes a game, usually it's a lower percentage and it means, and then when we know when we miss threes, our opponents shoot a higher points per possession. They, they have a higher points per possession, and that's bad for us. So, Right, right. Yeah, and I love, I, love, I love how willing of passers all those guys are because, you know, Sullivan can get to the rim on his own. He can create for his own. Boone can create his own. And Betts, obviously, can get downhill as well. But, like, they all move the ball too like for the most like you're saying for the most part you know they draw a defender they move it and and they're also cutting you guys do a lot around uh, michael glenn you do a lot around austin means and your guards basket cut and they split cut after feeding the post really well and and those bigs yeah absolutely that that's part of it we 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 really cut well off the post and i mean i've had many coaches over the years i mean ted what see when we played them he goes you guys play as good as anybody when the ball's in the post, I mean, you play through the post, the ball, the, the ball comes out of the post as well as anybody we've ever seen. And, and we do that. And it's, it's a big part of our back down game and our spacing game as well. And, and it gets our guys posting, it gets our guys sharing, it keeps them enthused. And uh, you know, when a lot of guys are touching it and scoring it. And so, you know, and, and you know, and we're doing all this and people, a lot of people don't realize that we're doing our leading score the last two years. Mason Baker has not played. He's played a little bit this year, but he hasn't played at all. And he is really a good player. And so he's been the starter at the one. And Kobe Betts, he slid in there really nicely and done just an unbelievable job. But Mason, we're not sure he's going to come back this year at all. With He's got tendonitis in his heels so bad. I mean, it's it's really, really bad. And he's he's really a good player for us, too. Well, hopefully the NCAA ruling, you know, will give him an opportunity if he chose to, you know, without this year counting against yeah. him. Uh, that'd be that'd be a great opportunity for yeah, Mason. Yeah, that's another challenge at mine's because our guys, when they graduate, they have a very lucrative job waiting for them. <laughs> so, do you want to come back to mine's and get your master's? Okay, but do you have eighty to one hundred twenty thousand jobs sitting there staring at you? What do you do? You know, and so at some point you have to go work anyways. And, you know, it's a, it's, we've got about three guys that that's, that's staring them in the face and Mason's one of them, Michael Glenn and, and Austin means they could, they could obviously go work and, and get a, a outstanding, you know, a very lucrative job where they could come back and then do our one year master's program in business, 
because they're because all my players are all, they're all engineering majors. So we're doing all of this with all engineering majors and, you know, and so, but we do have a one-year business program, a master's in business program, which is outstanding. So it just depends on how much they love the game and how much they want to commit to it and whether they want to give that, that money up. Because when you go to a school like this, it's so rigorous. I mean, it's hard to be here four years, let alone five. And then you're asking them to come for six. So, you know, that's, right. that stuff will all take shape sometime in the spring. Yeah, and and your group plays so well together. And I think one thing that I, I even missed as I'm watching is, you know, we're all guilty of doing the eye test, right? And and you don't have like an eye test team, but once you watch them compete together, like they have a really nice chemistry, a really nice flow. And and defensively, you guys can match up really well because of your length and the perimeter. I mean, you're man right. to man. You know, and you guys and you guys match up on the perimeter. You're you're hard. You make it hard to score on your opponent if you're getting good shots and back right, in transition. Exactly. And so, you know, obviously having big wings helps you in a in a big point guard because you can switch. And now you're going. You have to switch because of the shot clock, because of the out of bounds rule, the twenty seconds. So you're getting a lot of shots there at the end of clock. And you know, we always we 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 always say this. You know, open shots beat you, not mismatches. So, you know, we want to keep guys in front, make them shoot over the top. And, we, you know, we're big inside. Austin means, you know, we list him at 6'8". He's really probably more close to 6'9", or 6'9 and a half. You know, and we can bring some size off the bench, too. And so, you know, those guys. But Austin Mean has good feet, and he's got a very – he's got a very high IQ defensive acumen. I mean, his – you know, he knows when to switch. He knows when to hedge. He knows when to switch off any curl actions. I mean, he's, he's, and so a lot of it, you're going in with all these different actions now. And, you know, the actions come quickly. It's not like the old days, you know, where you're running sets, this and that. They come quickly, the ball screen. And there's a lot of different, different actions. And so you have to have people that can really communicate and make decisions quickly. Not all our guys can do that real well, but our starting five, our starting six, seven guys can. And, uh, you know, so I think, you know, we've shown that we can be an excellent defensive team. Although the last couple of games, we weren't as good as we could be. But some of that, you know, I think we, you know, obviously we played some pretty good teams and, you know, and then, and then the other challenges is sometimes we struggle with teams that go real small. If they go really small up to four, they go some six, three guards, six, four. So, we're, you know, we're having our six, eight guys chase small guys around. So it's a little bit difficult. Right. Speak to speak to some of the challenges. We talked about this a little bit off air and I've talked to multiple coaches about this, like conducting a practice right now and getting in what you have to get in a to be prepared and feel ready yourself as a coach and B, like preparing your players because like you're, we're talking off air whole yes. part whole. Right. And as opposed to, you know, breaking down individual skills offensively, individual and, and team rotations defensively. How hard is it like planning a practice right now in this well, season? Well, I think, I think, you know, obviously when all this stuff broke, when COVID broke, you know, we, we were talking about this and we do it in our own program anyways, because we're a, we're a whole part versus, you know, I'd learned a long time ago, listen to coach K Dick Bennett, all these guys, you know, and I used to go to all those coaching clinics and I always felt like the most successful programs were playing a lot of five on five and, and we're, we're doing, a, you know, we're, we're instituting their stuff. And because that's the game, you can do all the drill work you want, 
But the game is five on five. That's what you do. You know, your conditioning, condition in your five on five. That and so, but obviously, you know, even it's even more. You know, I'm. I, it's 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 even more magnified now, because a you don't you just don't have a lot of time. And you know, with us only being able to play five on five since October twenty third, I mean, we had to go five on five right away. And just like tonight, we spent a little bit of time in some drills, and we're rolling. We are going five on five all the time. And we're, we're breakdown. We're stopping it five on five out of bounds, five on five. I mean, we're, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll stop it in our, you know, like in transition, if there's a transition bucket transition leg because we're unorganized or guys are tired. I don't want guys playing too tired because that's when guys get hurt. We need to save guys, not, not take guys out. So, you know, we're always <laughs> going five on five, whether it's in the half court, but you know, with our shell drills, and our three and out defensively, three and out, and our perfect defense that we do, you know, our 50-second perfect defense. Where every, you have to, Everybody's got to do a perfect closeout. You know, they have to hedge perfectly, all the ball screen action, or else they can never get out of the 50 seconds. They might be there forever. And so, you know, we're, we're constantly doing that. And, you know, and we always tell them, hey, if you've got time to get in the gym on your own, you know, that's, that's the ownership piece. You'll, you will play harder. You'll be focused more. And for us, that's that's what works at Mines. And so I think it's, I think now if 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 you see those teams that are playing well, I would bet that they're really doing a lot more whole part versus versus the the you know the individual drills and pieces that you know the two on two, the three on three, the one on one. I would bet that they're they're a little farther ahead in their team defense and their team offense. Yeah, and you and, and you mentioned you guys didn't start really five on five until October twenty third, and we're we're coming up on about forty minutes. So I want to move towards the closure of this and respect your time. Uh, so last one of the last final questions, Coach. You guys didn't start until October twenty third, and 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 that's when you started going five on five. You you're benefiting right now from having a you know a veteran team. Talk to us about how important your your foundation is at Colorado Mines, how you're able to go 8-0 and o as of today, you know, uh, January 20th. You know, how you're able to be 8-0 and o with this veteran team, what that means to you without having a summer as normal, without having a preseason as you would normally have, and, and what that means, what that says about your program at, at, at yes, Mines. Yes, I think, I think the – you know, our program is, is ownership and accountability. That's, that's what we really, really focus on because at a rigorous screw, like at, like mine, sometimes in it's not only in our sport, but they can, they can, their minds can wander because the school is so rigorous. They're, they're throwing up all nighters all the time, you know, studying and for tests and they're, they're taking a lot of credits. And, and so, you know, a, a, they got to have fun. They got to have some ownership. They got to love basketball, but they got to love coming to practice and they got to, they got to enjoy basketball and their experience. And I think when they're doing that and then, and you know, how, how does that happen? We, we, we share the ball. We're willing passers. We play team basketball. We play, you know, team defense. We do all the things necessary. We recruit willing passers. We recruit high character guys, guys with intangibles, guys that can handle a rigorous academic environment in a serious basketball program. And then with our, with our style and how we play, 
I, you know, we think that they're, 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 they're happy campers and, uh, you know, just in how they get ready to play and how they perform and how they get excited to play basketball within our system. And I think that carries over in, in, in the fall and spring, because you, as you know, you, you've been a coach, you know, basketball teams are made in the fall, the, the spring, summer, and the fall, that's where your teams are made. And uh, if, if, if you guys got, if, if you have guys that are happy, they know they're going to get the ball, you know, they know their value, they know they're important, uh, you know, they're going to perform. And I, and I think that's what's carried this team is our, is our foundation of, of ownership and accountability. That, that's what's really carried us. And obviously experience matters too. That's, that's been huge. But uh, that's, 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 that's what our program is about right there. And I, th- and I think that's the reason why we're undefeated right now. That's, that's a testament to what you've built at, at Colorado School of Mines. I mean, we, we mentioned earlier, you know, when you first got there, you felt like you may not ever make an NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, our first year at Lincoln, we, we, we kind of felt up against it like that. It's like, boy, like, what do we have to do, you know, to, uh, to, to get this thing where we want it? And, and so it's a testament to what you've, got, you've done, Coach. And, and I want to applaud you uh, for that. With that said, uh, you are currently postponed. Uh, you are scheduled to play a big-time matchup. Colorado Mesa was scheduled for Friday, uh, the 22nd. That's been postponed. Your upcoming schedule, what does that look for? What does that look like for you well, uh, going forward? So we've got around four home games scheduled. And, however, one of the teams that we know so far, or actually two of the teams have positives, have have. And so obviously we're going to work through that. I think there's a chance that those teams could get out of quarantine. And uh, if they test negative, because we have to test on the the Tuesday before we play on Friday or Saturday. So I think there's a chance, but once we do that, we, we didn't want to cancel the games at Mesa and the games at Westminster. Those are two really good teams, especially Mesa, but they're also really good, good. I mean, they're well coached. And so it, it was really important for us to try to play those games. And so obviously we're going to go try to play those games on, I think, February 8th or 9th, playing that Monday, playing that Tuesday, and then work our way down to Durango. We can take our classes remote. So it'd be like kind of like a Division One. Our only time where we kind of feel like we're Division One, you play those two games and then just stay in the road. We'll do our classes remotely, you know, and our guys all have laptops. They're, they're all prepared for it. And then that's what we're – that's the goal is to try to play as many games as we can and go try to play the best teams. And, uh, you know, we want to play games. That's what you talk about mental health. You want your kids to be in a good place. Let's play basketball. This, you know, because they worked so hard at preparing to play basketball. And that's, that's, that's what we need to do. And we need to give every, and we have some other games that we had to cancel too. We have to reschedule Regis and we'd really like to reschedule South Dakota school of mines as well. And uh, we want to try to get as many games as we can because we also have a lot of players on our team too that need to play. We've got some outstanding young players on our team that are redshirting, and we're just hoping that we can play those guys and, and get them some game experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many intangibles right now, so many variables about what this season might bring. So hopefully you guys get your games in, Coach. Uh, I, I want to acknowledge you first and foremost for uh, giving your time tonight. I, I really appreciate it. I know how busy 
the, the middle of the season can be, especially uh, this year in the unique circumstances we're all going through. So I want to acknowledge you for, for giving us your time tonight, but also acknowledge you for, you know, what you've done at the Colorado School of Mines now in year 20, the positive impact you've had on that campus, on your players. And obviously we know how important the relationships are. So yep. Co- coach, thank you so much for being here tonight and, and speaking with me about Colorado School of Mines. So best of luck to you going forward. And, uh, and, and we'll be yep. following Thank you very you much for, for this sure. opportunity. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Bonafide Basketball Podcasts for our weekly episodes and interviews. The Bonafide Basketball Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcast episodes. If you liked this episode, be sure to follow the Bonafide Basketball Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn for the latest news, scores, analysis, and insight of NCAA Division II men's basketball.